0: This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. I would tell you a little bit about VISTA Unified, um, uh, maybe 30 seconds of some context, and then I'll tell you what we're doing about all of the research that was shared up until today, this morning. Um, Fantastic information. We love the San Diego Workforce Partnership Reports. We use them all of the time. So some context about our district. We have 22,000 students. Um, uh, 64% of them are at or below the poverty line, Um, and it's about a $250 million budget. Um, we are We have a high degree of English learners in the 30% range and um, we have a dropout rate of about 7.2%, which actually isn't bad, but obviously not what we would want it to be. We want it to be close to zero. And interestingly about this dropout rate that we've discovered after working with a partnership for five years now going on, is that almost all of our dropouts happened in ninth grade, which would indicate that it's really not a high school problem. And that creates a real problem for us as a school district because most of our CTE courses were focused on the upper level in high school. So we were wondering why we didn't attract that many students to our CTE course. And after we discovered that fact, we realized that we needed to project down our conversations about the world of work into middle school and elementary school. And really we have Ed Hidalgo, he's here today, to thank for that and his great work at Qualcomm, now now at Cone Valley. Our focus is on how can we support students in elementary and middle school better understand their place in the world of work. And oftentimes, many of our students don't even know what those careers look like or sound like. They know one or two careers. You probably know the same story in in your experiences. So we actually created a program, and our program is focused actually on middle school and how we support all of our middle schools. We have five middle schools in our school district. We created a program called Talent Cities. And the approach that we created, we learned from the workforce partnership and the businesses in our organization. We've partnered very closely with the Chamber of Commerce in Vista and actually had the businesses help us create this curriculum so that when we were teaching, it was less about the teachers knowing the content and more about teachers creating the conditions for students to learn their place in the world of work. And it goes back to this idea of how can students aspire to a career that they don't know exist. That comes from Ed Algo. It's really meaningful for us. So we created this, this opportunity called Talent Cities, which is predicated on the concept of how do we build build talent at an early age, so that when students move into the high schools, they're much more motivated to want to engage in internships, and externships, and career in technical education. Oftentimes our students who are on an IB, an international baccalaureate, or advanced placement um, pathway don't even think about career opportunities. They just want to get into colleges, so we want to change that script. Um, So the idea is narrowing the skills gap. There was a disconnect between what our students graduated with in terms of skills and what businesses needed. And so they would graduate with great GPAs, but they didn't have the soft skills to actually land a job. Uh, Many of our students graduated, 60% of them that went on to college had jobs. But 80% of that 60% of students had a job and a career that had nothing to do with what their pathway was in college. How could we change that up and focus on some of these priority sectors? Um, as we went through this uh, incubation period last year, developing Talent Cities, we learned that there was a, gr- a great um, bit of data that came out of it. 55% of our students demonstrated positive movement towards some of those soft skills that they needed in understandings of the priority sector. Interestingly, what we determined is, from this the the, the first pilot results, were that the possessiveness of this idea of creativity and having a positive attitude and teamwork was essential, but what we needed and what the students actually self-assessed was that they needed a greater degree of communication, organization, and practice skills. They didn't have those. They they determined it themselves. Um, We had some positive movement in terms of these key performance indicators, as you can see there. Students thinking about themselves in in the world of work within those priority sectors. In VISTA Unified, we have a a variety of um, business um, centers, hubs, within our community. And within those centers, all five of the priority sectors are present. But we never had a conversation with those businesses. So now we're breaking those walls down and having a conversation. All of our um, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students now are participating in a Talent Cities experience so they can really experience in that world of work in meaningful areas within our community. You can see that um, we have relationships with large businesses like Solotube and very small mom and pop type shops so that they can give us some feedback about how we design, develop, and, and continue to improve these opportunities for students. So it's not a field trip. It's more an opportunity for students to learn the process before they even go into the environment of business. And this is the best slide that demonstrates that. So if you look from left to right, the first part is creating an opportunity for all students to have access to this Uh, including students with disabilities and students who are learning English as a second language. Moving to the right, um, they engage in a self-assessment before they even um, go out to the businesses and have conversations with them. And this goes back to this concept of what are your strengths and what are your interests as an individual and how do we pair you up with businesses in our community that can really leverage those strengths so you can get excited about learning at school. Um, Down on the bottom, the ripple effect is sharing that knowledge with other students and having opportunities to collaborate with students while you're in the business environment and when you come back. And then awareness, most importantly, is this. We're developing an awareness of what the priority sectors are. So students know the priority sectors. The posters are posted. And we influence the development of our curriculum with these priority sectors and how can we promote conversations with students about how they see themselves in some of these uh, growing priority sectors in San Diego. So, students, we host them, we design student experience ships. We team uh, with HR experts out in the field. um, And then we create liaison and ongoing dialogue with businesses. Um, So this is just an example of the roadmap for talent cities. But one of our areas of focus is making sure that every student has the opportunity and that teachers step to the side and allow businesses to step to the center and have meaningful conversations with students. So we're not telling students what to do. We're creating space for students to learn their place in the world of work.
1: Um, So thank you, everyone. I do want to just give a shout out to the K-12 CTE and adult ed um, educators in the crowd, so my people. (laughs) And um, I can assure you that what I'm going to talk about today is no different from any of them and what they would be talking about if they were talking about employer engagement in their CTE programs. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the context of regional planning because all of us have been, um, I guess, forced marriages. Uh, We've all been doing regional planning for quite a while. And um, recently, we've been engaged in SB 1070, the Career Technical Education Pathways Program. We've been involved in the California Career Pathways Trust Grant. We've been working on AB 86, Later, AB 104, the Adult Education Block Grant, doing what matters for jobs in the economy, the Strong Workforce Initiative, and most recently the WIOA Regional Plan. And so, as we've been doing all this work, we've been doing similar work in Poway. And about 10 years ago, Poway came up with a vision for CTE that is still at the heart of what we do. And there were two components of that vision that I thought would be relevant to our discussion today. And those were, uh, number one, to ensure that CTE courses are future-oriented and responsive to workforce development needs. And then number two, providing ongoing opportunities for authentic relevant work-based experiences for both our students and our staff. And how we do that is through effective business partnerships. So those uh, regional collaboratives that I talked about earlier provided funding for us. And that really helped us to build some structural supports in our program. So some of those things that we've done in Poway, we've hired a CTE counselor. We've hired four career education specialists to work at different grade levels. And we also have a Partners in Education program that we've had for more than 30 years in Poway. The Partners in Education program is also housed in our CTE department, and it's linked to our district-wide foundation. So all of these things are kind of aligned by design, if you will. So we tell our businesses that they have multiple opportunities to engage with us. They can serve on boards. We have a foundation board. We have a partners in education board. We have our district-wide CTE advisory. We have program-specific advisories. Our businesses can help us by providing work-based opportunities for both students and staff. And those opportunities can range anywhere from guest speakers, workplace tours, job shadows, internships, right down to providing work experience. And of course, we always accept donations of time, talent, or treasure. So our ask to the business community really has been to educate the community on the importance of career readiness. So in our community, we talk a lot about college readiness. And we really want to have conversations about career readiness as well. Um, And then we also talk to companies in the community about sponsoring work-based learning. That's what we really want them to do is help us anywhere on that continuum. And then I was asked to give advice. Um, So I have two pieces of advice that I think I can get into my four minutes. Um, So number one, think regionally. I think all of us really need to be thinking regionally about this work that we're doing. And then number two is this idea of inclusiveness. I want to be sure that we're pitching a really big tent so we have lots of room for everyone in that tent.
2: So a couple of things about the community colleges. So when we look at the the community colleges in San Diego and Imperial Valley We have 10 colleges, and we also have uh, San Diego Continuing Ed. Um, So we have a very strong, um, engaged set of community colleges, which is really exciting. And one piece that's really important to iterate, uh, before I answer Andy's question about how we're using these priority sectors, is that we take all types of students. We don't turn anybody away. Newly-arrived refugees. Uh, students who want to transfer, students who want to do uh, upskill, reskill—you name it—we take anybody. So part of the challenge is being able to focus and allow those students to choose a career path that's really meaningful, which is a hard job to start with, but also be able to promote career pathways um, to those students that allow them to actually get a living wage or get into a career field that is in high demand. So. Those are the pieces, as, as community college, you know, as you heard the chancellor earlier mention, we are student-focused, we care about our students, we take all types of students, but we're also a big system. So changing that system is a big challenge. But the priority sectors, so you have your priority sectors of inf- information, communication technologies, the healthcare sector, clean tech, advanced manufacturing, bio, biotech life science is what we call it, at least at uh, many of the colleges, those, those arrangements, that information that shows wages, that shows information of what uh, jobs are available in the region, employers that are hiring in those areas, that is valuable information to us, and information that at the community colleges we take seriously, we can do much better. There's always information changing, but that's something that's very valuable to, to us. Case in point, so most recently we had a career expo at one of the colleges, Grossmont College. That's not something special to Grossmont College. All community colleges have a career expo. They might not call it a career expo, they might call it something else. We had uh, close to 100 employers and over 1,000 students go through that process to get familiar with with the skills. As I did a welcome at that event, one student approached me and and, uh, found out what I did at the college and said, why can't I get into that nursing program? I've been waiting to get into nursing. And so I got a chance to talk to the student and realized that after talking to the student that really what the student was passionate about was about helping, nurturing, helping students, helping uh, patients. That was the focus. It wasn't necessarily nursing, but over a period of time through K-12, through all the socialization that's taking place, nursing was the career that she wanted to focus on. And so we talked about the priority sectors, not necessarily literally, I didn't pull out that awesome chart that uh, San Diego Workforce Partner uh, has, but we do have those in our career center. And uh, we talked about all the other options that are available. Respiratory care, cardio, um, cardiovascular tech, orthopedic, all these career options that if, which a student wasn't aware of, that if she chooses one of these paths, she can go into that path right away she does have to wait for another opportunity to come open. So we don't want to discourage people from following their passions, you know, because that's really important. That's what drives individuals. But at the same time, there's other options, other high-wage, high-demand opportunities. Coming to the United States 20-plus years ago, not knowing a word of English, being a new immigrant 20 miles away from here, literally, I would never have imagined being here in front of you and talking about career technical and community colleges, which I really love. But once I took a a course and started my path at a community college, it really made a big difference. And it was the folks who really funneled me, guided me in the direction um, that really catered to my passion. And that got me really excited and I continued on. But again, these priority sectors allow us to focus, to provide opportunities to students that they might not be very aware of. So thank you.
3: We've talked a lot today about systems and policies um, and structures and courses and data. And at the end of the day, all, a lot of us in this room have gotten into this business for the people and the human beings that this work impacts. So can each of you talk, give an example, and talk about how reorienting around the priority sectors over the last several years impacts the students and the parents who are touching your system?
0: I guess I could go on that. So, again, elementary, middle, high, our focus, mostly middle for now. And as we get good in middle, we're going to project it down into elementary. So I can just tell you a quick story about Javier. So Javier is one of our seventh graders. He participated in Talent Cities last year. He um, engaged in the pre-work pre and then the visitation to the business and the, in, integrating with businesses and then the post-work and went up to his teacher after and said, hey, you know, um, we before we went, um, I was going to go into my dad's landscaping business. Um, but now I realize that I really like biotech, and there, I might want to learn more about that when I go to high school. And so that's an example of something that we're really trying to impact, because these are decisions that we want kids to make on their own, so that we don't say, you should go into advanced biotech, but that he, through an experience that we created working with our, our business partners, made, made the decision on his own. So that's a really good example. Excellent. Kathleen, anything come to mind?
1: Well, so an example I might talk about would be our information and communication technology pathway. So that's a pathway that um, several years ago we only had one school that was offering um, computer science courses and those were only the AP computer science courses. It was one high school that was offering that. And so we really noticed that there's a need for these kinds of skills and how are we going to get involved. And so now we have all of our high schools that are offering those um, computer science. We actually adopted Project Lead the Way curriculum which is a national curriculum. It starts at the elementary level, builds on at the um, middle school level, and then we have um, the high school level, and we've just recently opened a pathway in our adult school, um, and then we've done kind of an integrated education and training program for our adult students who are ESL students so that they are ready to advance in that certificate pathway program. So that's, the, that's my example.
2: For us, uh, so a big focus that you probably have heard already is that we serve our local community. So we're 114 colleges, but within San Diego, we have 10 different institutions that try to meet those needs um, to get people to work. So this information, the priority sectors, ties in nicely with, with what has happened since then. We've uh, The community college is under the leadership of Dr. Cook, Have embarked on a a, a, a significant transformational agenda in having the colleges respond to the workforce needs of their communities. So we're doing what matters, listing recommendations that address these sectors. Most recently, the community colleges have received a significant investment in strong workforce development programs. Part of the, the, uh, the strings attached to that investment pool is that we respond to needs in the community and the priority sectors spell out those needs in the community. Uh, In some cases, we've redesigned programs, So, and I can only speak to um, a a few programs, but uh, there's three colleges that have redesigned their curriculum and programs to meet the needs of cybersecurity. So those programs do not exist. The the information that was used by the partnership and other sources has been really helpful in, in redesigning that. At Grossmont um, and some other colleges as well, we're looking, uh, based on our advanced manufacturing data, looking to do uh, programs or reinvigorate certain programs that we have around brewing, craft brewing, because that's a big industry. That information is in, the, in um, those reports. And also, because we work regionally to 10 colleges, um, there's information that talks about the need for programming, more specifically around how that interfaces with drone technology. So lots of the information in the priority sectors informs us in some of the planning, what we're going to invest in, how we're going to invest, how we're going to build capacity, how we're going to build labs, whether we offer certain programs or not, or offer evening courses, online courses, doing more and better programming that that targets the career needs. In addition, really addresses those needs to skill. To provide those skills, to upskill, to reskill, um, again, all around under the framework of more and better, and the information provided by the partnership does help us do that.
3: One more question for me, and we'll take a question from the audience. Um, we've talked about the private sector for the last four years now, and the needs of businesses continue to change, and the education systems, for very good reasons, in many cases, um, are reorienting themselves to the private sectors. How have you, as leaders of your different programs and systems, uh, thought about uh, keeping up with what's the future for your priority sector work and how do you continue to make sure that it aligns with the skill needs in your region?
0: Uh, from an educator, educational perspective in, in the middle, elementary, middle school, I think for us, what we're trying to do with our teachers is shift the mindset from kind of purveyor of content. To creator of opportunities for students to become stewards of their own learning, even in kindergarten. Interestingly, we're having some success in appropriate ways with that. So I think that we've talked a lot about the priority sector posters, very important to our organization, and and frankly, what has created a marriage between Vista Unified and the um, the businesses in our community um, through Brett Schauschenbach and the Chamber of Commerce. But we didn't, we haven't so far this today talked about one of the other posters that the workforce developed, and that's the essential skills poster. And so interestingly, when I'm out with students, and Robert Kroll, my colleague here today, are out with students in the community with uh, businesses in these priority sectors, most of our conversations, frankly, center around some of the essential skills that are on the essential skills poster. In particular, creativity, the ability to communicate, Uh, simple things like interpersonal relationships um, that oftentimes teachers in classrooms don't focus on and uh, now we're finding ourselves shifting more toward even even uh, as early as uh, preschool and kindergarten this idea of how can we from a very early stage develop the essential skills students need to relate interpersonally with one another
1: So I guess um, my answer might be similar, um, because I think several years ago we started thinking, gee, with the rate of change in the workforce, the rate of change in technology, um, and this maybe goes back to my big tent idea, um, how is it that we teach skills that um, are transferable or are easily transported from one industry sector to another so that students have that opportunity to be resilient? Um, And so although we are teaching occupational specific skills, we are also teaching um, more of those well-rounded or essential skills so that um, if the occupational skill that a student acquires today isn't the skill that they are going to be able to bring to the workforce tomorrow, uh, what are all the other supporting skills that will help that student um, transfer from one to the next? So yeah.
2: So, so, in addition to creating new programs uh, based on the information and the investments from the state chancellor's office and other initiatives to have colleges respond more directly to the workforce needs, um, a big focus um, now is really is reorganizing our colleges in a way that allows for students to get placed more appropriately. That's a big piece that ties in. So we have this information. Now we get students trained or educated. We get the right courses. So the colleges currently are working on, um, you you mentioned the reorganization or uh, reshifting of the colleges. There's a big focus on through the Strong Workforce Program on looking at career placement, career services, because we know that if we can get students that opportunity through an internship job shadowing, they're very likely to have a job before they graduate, or reduce their amount of time being unemployed after they, after they graduate. So the reimagination of the career centers in the region, with all the ten colleges, the reimagination of what placement looks like. Um, another piece is looking at the the promotion of the information that's been put together. Many students and just the general public does not know how many awesome opportunities we have at community colleges. You know, going back to the example of Alex where we had that, that poll, we have programs that can help that student get into ornamental horticulture, get into uh, ICT, computing, uh, coding. There's a plethora of options out there that all the community colleges in San Diego, as well as continuing ed, have to offer. So we need to uh, reorganize ourselves around placement, um, career services, promoting work-based opportunities. One of the pieces that I've picked up from the reports over the last couple of years is this disconnect between industry and the colleges. So we're looking to create a system uh, under the leadership of Dr. Cook and Dr. Miles, uh, create a system that allows that warm handoff from employers in identifying work-based opportunities for students and vice versa, students being able to identify those opportunities as well. So big impact. Because it lays out what we, where we need to focus, and we're in a very good position because of the funding, which could be well, we can always use more funding because programs, career programs are expensive, um, but we're we're looking to reshift in those three directions: our career placement, career services, the uh, the promotion of the programs, as well as the warm handoff system that allows employers to engage with community colleges.
3: All right, and last question. So. We're about to adjourn the conference, and as people go their separate ways and think about all the information they just gathered and think about how it impacts their systems or programs, um, we all have to recognize that system changing the way we think about education and training in our community is hard. And there's systems and structures set up that have been there for a long time that have to be um, sometimes tweaked and sometimes transformed. So, for all those working, what do you say to yourself when you? When you feel like you're going backwards on some of these efforts, how do you motivate yourself to keep pushing ahead?
0: It's easy in our district because um, we've been very out front about communicating to our our students and our parents. Parents have been very involved in our work with the priority sectors about what's possible here. For students and uh, again my colleague Robert Kroll's been really good about getting infographics out um, we've learned that highly kind of um, eye-catching infographics help so they're all over our community and so they're actually holding us accountable to this change um, within we have structures inter- internal in our organization that resist this idea of teachers playing jazz and not a symphony anymore that metaphor of teachers like to play the symphony because they have the sheet music and everyone follows the sheet music and now we want to shift to how do we adjust to what students are saying they need, and how can we impart that content onto them based on student direction and student self-regulation. So I think the students and the parents are beginning to hold us accountable, so it's really helping us.
3: Kathleen, a couple words.
1: <laughs> I'll, try to be, I'll try to be short, but I think one of the things that um, I see as needing to do is regionally having a, a big vision. Um, that is inclusive of entry level, middle skill, and higher skill jobs. And then as we look at regional needs, um, looking at where somebody would start. So this is the whole pathway kind of mindset, but where would somebody start if they needed to work right away in an entry skill? And then how does that translate to a middle skill job? And then how does that translate to a higher skill job? So again, I'm gonna go back to that big tent that we, the, the structures that we have in place really should support those, those longer-term pathways for people. And um, that at our, in our tent, we need all of us. We need higher ed, we need community colleges, we need preschool, we need adult school, we need K-12. You know, we need the whole continuum there. And of course, we need our business community so um how do we get there because i think that's a problem to have that big mindset and then we are we tend to be very reactive to um, the initiative at hand and i talked about all those regional planning efforts we've been calling it initiative fatigue it's like wow we have to do one more thing But I think if we had this regional vision, and then every time there is an initiative or funding available, we simply plug it into that bigger vision. And I think we're getting really close to that. So I feel happy about that.
2: (laughs) So one way I get through initiative fatigue, which is often, is uh, really every once in a while, I get an email or a message from a student where you don't know what, what you're going to impact. You don't know, you know, a student could be needing, you know, help being walked to a certain class, or uh, maybe they heard something that you might have said, and that somehow sparked something. Every once in a while, like many of you, um, you get that that warm fuzzy feeling, or that student comes back and says, "Wow, you know, you said something that was really, you know, that really connected with me, and all I need is one." What, because that is powerful. That's what it's about. That's what, you know, I feel a strong commitment uh, in giving back because of the opportunities that I received um, with the community colleges and, and coming to the United States. So, but that's a big mover in overcoming initiative creep, overcoming lack of funding, overcoming the, the very complicated systems that Zandi uh, mentioned when it comes to higher ed because all it takes is that one student that, that you really can transform Um, to really push you through that day. So that's um, what excites me and gets me through. Hand for our panel.